0: Welcome to the red carpet cafe with your hosts eric root and brie prout you're listening to the red carpet cafe and i am one of your hosts eric root
1: and i am your other host brie prout
0: brie how are you
1: i am doing so
0: well how are you I'm doing very good. I'm doing so good that I want to talk about how good I am. Sometimes I feel like I'm just in fuego, on fire. Kind of like the movie we're about to discuss, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Starring Angelina Jolie. Currently in the theaters and also playing simultaneously on HBO Max. But this movie... Has got Angelina Jolie. It's got John Burtonell in it. It's got Nicholas Hoult in it. It's got Aidan Gill- Gillian in it. It's got Tyler Perry in it. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of freaking people in this film. Like mm-hmm. it. Just looking at the way the cast was brought in, I I got all excited, going, "Wow, this is probably going to be pretty interesting stuff." Uh, it. It's, I mean, An- Angelina Jolie is, you know, forestry firefighter. And mm-hmm. the description on it is still reeling from the loss of three lives. Hannah, played by Angelina Jolie, is a smoke jumper who's perched in a watchtower high above the Montana wilderness. She soon encounters Connor a skittish boy who's bloodied, traumatized, and on the run in the remote forest. As Hannah tries to bring him to safety, she's unaware of the real dangers to follow. Two relentless killers hunting Connor and a fiery blaze consuming everything in its path. So, this movie starts off with us Kind of seeing her in her element, talking with her fellow fire jumpers, and also reflecting on the three lives that were lost. But I gotta be honest with you. I didn't know that she actually lost the lives. Like, you see the lives of three children in the forest when the blaze is all around them, and you see her concerned. I don't know that I was expecting any kind of charred remains or anything, but you don't really... Like, it didn't leave me with that impression right away until later when you realize, okay, she's very emotional over this situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you go and you get introduced into other characters like John Berthnall, who's the local sheriff, and I'm like... This is a perfect fit. I mean, here's a man who is in The Walking Dead as a sheriff, and he was kind of a villain at some point. You're like, yeah, he was kind of badass. And then, and then you're like, he's the Punisher. The Punisher. Netflix marvels the Punisher. I'm like, he's going to be coming in, guns a totems, shooting up bad guys. This is going to be an incredible film. I, I mean, just once you get to the two killers, Aiden... That's Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. That guy in Game of Thrones, he's the constant strategist. He will stab you in the back until Arya smokes him later in the Game of Thrones. But, I mean... Spoiler! <laughs> Game of Thrones has been out for like 20 years now. If you haven't seen it, you probably never will. Sorry <laughs> to that one listener that of the 300. <laughs> and then, Tyler Perry. I mean he can do just about anything and Mm -hmm. and Tyler Perry much respect in the past in the past I've made light of Tyler Perry's movies because there was a point probably about 10 years ago where everything was Tyler Perry such and such Tyler Perry's this Tyler Perry's that but when you look at the overall breadth of his work and all of the good that he's done acrimony Well, but uh, look at his studios that he has in Georgia and how he's enabled so many people to be able to come in and make phenomenal films with his help. Uh, Kudos. Hats off to this guy. Mm -hmm. But he plays – he basically plays a representative of the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Though it kind of alludes it to the bad guy himself of wanting to make sure that the kid and the kid's father is eliminated in this film at some point and the importance of it when he's talking to Aiden. Um, but before we get into the heart of this film, and it has been out for well over a week, so there are going to be spoilers in it for those that were Warning, like no. – yeah, for those that were on the fence going I don't really know much about it and I I'm just going to go ahead and listen anyways because I don't think I'm going to watch it then this is the podcast for you <laughs> what were your thoughts on this film
1: um because we meet with the synopsis um the synopsis really heavily focused on um Hannah, Angelina Jolie's character, and this, this trauma she went through and not being able to save the lives of these three preteen teenage boys in a fire, and then we kind of learn how that's turned her into a thrill seeker, she's kind of a masochist, (laughs) um, and then it takes a turn, and we see a house blow up, and then we meet Connor and his father. And initially, because of the synopsis and the title and knowing that Angelina Jolie is our main gal, um, I thought this was going to be more focused on um, her not so much Connor or Connor and his father, particularly in wanting someone wanting them dead um so that was a a surprise for me um I guess a happy surprise because it was the exact opposite of what I was necessarily anticipating in going into the movie mm-hmm. um, the the visuals in this movie, the color, the camera angles, the towers, the trees, the fires, I loved it. I thought that that was done really, really well. Um, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I thought that it was a very visually stimulating and exciting mm-hmm. movie. Finn Little, who plays Connor, holy shit. Shoot. (laughs)
0: It's too late. You're good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He is going to age so well in this world of movies. His emotion. Right. And his responses, his acting ability at how old is he right now? Born in... He's so new to the scene still. IMDb doesn't even have a birthday for him. He's got... To, I mean, he plays a 12-year-old boy. He's got to right. be no less than... Or no more than 14. Phenomenal. So talented. Like, I cannot wait to see a Finn Little movie in eight years. Right. Uh, it, it just... Ah. Oh, so... Well, his his weird. delivery
0: of emotion. I mean, put yourself in his character's shoes. Mm -hmm. Your father is murdered in front Mm -hmm. of you on the road and Mm -hmm. you're thrown. You're basically your car is thrown off the road Mm -hmm. and your dad is trying to tell you, you need to go and hide. Hold on to this information I'm giving Mm -hmm. to you because it's important. It's key to Mm -hmm. putting away this bad guy who's already killed another member of the prosecution team Mm -hmm. That. They're doing everything they can to eliminate all witnesses, all lawyers, everyone involved. And the kid has seconds to make the decision to run free because at first he's doing the natural thing. No, I'm going to stay here with you. No, mm-hmm. you got to go. And he hides under the mm-hmm. tree and they're looking. They don't see anything going on until they go down there and they realize, uh-oh, the kid's not in here. We mm-hmm. need to find and that's when the hunt begins. But he is so emotional. Like, when he goes and he meets Angelina Jolie's character and, mm-hmm. you know, can I trust you? And he, he just doesn't know. He doesn't mm-hmm. know who who's legit and who's trying to kill him. Yeah. Very I, good performance.
1: Yeah. Oh, amazing. And that's what I'm saying is, like, the with, with what he was given, he – he exceeded and then some and then some and then some like what sucked me in in the scene with his father uh, when their car goes off the edge was his scream like his actual like gut-wrenching I'm terrified scream and then that moment when his father has essentially been executed and he's hiding behind this log tree tree. that his dad told him to run behind and he's watching it happen and you can see him choking back every single sound Mm -hmm. so that he can't be seen or heard because... I mean, how often, too, do you, you know, in the movies that are high intensity and now you have to be quiet, people are like covering their mouth because they're like, I don't even, you know, you don't even want them to hear your breath and, and gulping or whatever. And, you know, it, nine times out of ten it fails, right? And the killer finds them and pulls them out of the ground and hacks them up because it's Jason <laughs> and he gets everybody. Um, no, like he, there was no covering of his mouth or anything. I, at, at some point, Yes, his hand was towards his face, but for the most part, you're seeing just, like, this, like, raw emotion of him, like, watching what's happening to his dad and just, like, holding himself. And you see his whole face through it all, which, oh, my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I did not expect any of that going into this movie. I I started watching it. I I guess I'm I'm not a fall asleep in a movie person but I watched this late at night um been very active and very busy in the daytime and I I got to Angelina Jolie parachuting off the back of a truck and I was like, Oh, I'm so tired. I'll turn this off and I'll watch it another time. Right. Fast forward two days. I, I started it from the very beginning. And like in that moment, there was no way I was going to go to sleep regardless of if it was four o'clock in the morning or not. Right. So right. good.
0: You know, I got I to say, you know, I really enjoy, um, I mean, both, both of the hitmen, you know, I do like Aiden a lot. Again, little he played Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I like his style. His, his tone, of course, it's based on a lot of whatever accent he's playing mm-hmm. on his tone. But his delivery is straightforward and intense. It was intense in Game of Thrones. It was good in this one, too. Even though Nicholas, uh, his partner, was more of a... I'm just going to go shoot the kid. I don't know why we're dialoguing type of attitude. Um, But I appreciate the way Aiden plays things because even when it came down to it and, you know, he started to try and figure out where the kid's uncle, played by John Berthnell, was at, that, um, you know, he came across John Berthnell's wife and she's a survivalist. That's Mm -hmm. her. That's her business is to survive in the wild. And so she was doing everything she could and she's several months pregnant of trying to free herself from the situation but also warn her husband without straight up telling him and that was an intense scene. Mm-hmm. Because once he does ev- so good. but once he does eventually get home and Aiden you know, basically gets the drop on him and it's just like, I will kill your wife and unborn child if you don't Mm -hmm. help me. You see John Berthnell kind of go semi-punisher mentality of, well, what's the point in me helping me? You're just going to kill me anyway, so just Mm -hmm. get it done. Right. The only complaint I had about this film, that the way they played him out, I mean, it was perfect where... They come across the watchtower. Mm-hmm. He knows that they're up there. Mm-hmm. They make him go up there alone, but then they need to try and get ground high enough to be able to to do anything about it, so they have to climb the trees.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when Bertnell goes in there and goes, if you're in here, don't come out, you know, he's mm-hmm. basically telling them what to do and realizes they are inside hiding mm-hmm. from these guys because... Um, you know, Connor had seen them outside and said, "Yeah, that's them." Mm-hmm. And warned Angelina Jolie's Hannah, a- and you see him having the the whole notion of, "Okay, you guys are going to have to escape. I am going to have to create a diversion," but he ends up getting shot up, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the chance to actually do the John Berthel thing I've come to love in other roles, and that is get into that firefight, get into that fist fight. He kind of got punked. In this film, and it, it made me kind of sad, especially when you see how his character ends up dying. You know, mm-hmm. granted he was with his wife and unborn child in the watchtower as the fire rages through, but the only reason why he didn't survive is because he has a bunch of bullet holes in him. Mm-hmm. And that kind of that kind of made me disappointed in how they played his character, but he still delivered on his lines. It was. pretty... Mm-hmm very believable
1: oh for sure and while i totally uh agree with what you're saying in respect to his well-known roles i do think that i mean in that moment too because i was shocked that the tower didn't burn down with that fire i i couldn't I, i couldn't believe that um but I found myself like wanting them and was like, oh, I know that it's impossible for both of you to survive. Well, I guess all three of them realistically. I know it's impossible for all three of them to survive, but they're, they're fighters and they're these amazing people. And, and he, he, he fights a good fight for a minute there. So like I really wanted. Them to survive, but like in my heart, in realism of how the movie should go, it makes sense that it happened the way that it did, and it's like right. I knew that that was gonna happen, but like you know i'm I'm a sucker for a happy ending sometimes,
0: sure, sure, so
1: i like I wanted Connor and Hannah and Ethan and Allison and a baby girl to all just be okay right. um but. You know, I get it. I think well, that it, it makes sense it, to, to him and his his characters that he's known for. I can understand the how it was like a disservice, so to speak. But um, for the point of the story, I, I think that it happened the way that it needed to.
0: OK, but Aiden's character, when she basically torches him.
1: Mm hmm. And
0: I'm like, his face is going to melt off of his face. Mm -hmm. There is no way he survives this. Mm -hmm. initial. Like, unless he's cranked out on meth, Mm -hmm. there's no way he's surviving this. And yet, here he is, like, partially melted like Two-Face from Batman walking along. And I'm like, there's no way it's only that much melting with the initial shock and awe of what she Mm -hmm. did. With the tor, the you know the torch.
1: Yeah, I I I don't disagree with that either because when when he was you know he was on fire and then we see um, you know Allison fighting with um, Patrick and uh, kind of their shootout of her leaving the house
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you turn they turn back to Jack played by Aiden and suddenly he's not on fire anymore and I thought how like I didn't like I thought that it was just gonna take over his whole body
0: and and he's done and and, and,
1: yeah but it was like you know a quick stop drop and roll for him and yeah it was like the left side of him was just like you said melting right but what for me still made it believable um was the progression of the burns on his face like at first it's like you don't necessarily notice or see if, like, any part other than his back and arm were burned. But then it, over time, it just keeps growing and blistering on his face, which made it seem so realistic. And there got to be a point, too, um, where he was like, hey, partner, like, like I'm fading. Like, we got to, we got to we got to figure this out cuz I'm fading basically like letting him know that in right. the end it was only going to be Patrick left but you know while while we still got the two of us like let's dominate and then you know only save a little bit left for you
0: but that's why I think it was kind of maybe stretching his character out a little too far we didn't need to get to the point where he's you know realizing he's fading if they would have just taken him out completely, mm-hmm. Patrick's maniacing character as an assassin mm-hmm. was more than enough to give you the sense of you need to get the heck out of there. Right. You really, you really didn't even need to make Aiden a part of the equation at that point. Yeah. That was my opinion. But, yeah, you
1: know, I don't disagree with that either. I, I
0: really don't see a whole lot of Tyler Perry, you know, other yeah. than just, you know, the meeting and then that's kind of about it. Right. Right. Which is maybe under underutilized at that point. But... Yeah. um No, and, and Angelina Jolie, she delivered on, you know, what I expected out of her. I, I don't know that overall that that film is one of the strongest films involving Angelina Jolie. I would say, oh. yeah, I would say overall, if I was going to rate this um, uh, in a scale of one to ten, you know. Uh,
1: of her best.
0: Smoke jumping, or smoke jumpers, uh, I would say it's probably sitting somewhere about a six and a half, maybe a is, six.
1: Is this the movie or her performance?
0: No, the movie.
1: Oh, the movie? Okay.
0: Yeah, I would probably give it about a six. Smoke Jumpers. It wasn't horrible. It was a little bit better than okay uh, because of the cast and the um, premise of the film.
1: Yeah, the I think the beginning, how long was this movie? An hour and a half? Hour 40 minutes? Let's see.
0: Roughly
1: um, Hour and 40 minutes. Hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. so the first maybe, I guess, 10, 15 minutes leading into, like, that parachute jump off the back of the truck. Um, A little slow moving, and then we have this, like, you know, the random, her jumping off the back of the truck scene right. where it kind of helps introduce all of the, the main players in this. Mm-hmm. Um And then and then you get the home explosion where it's kind of like okay so you like we're getting into some action but you don't quite know yet what's going on and then you, we meet Connor and his dad Owen Owen and you know he's trying to take Connor to school but he sees something on TV and it happens to be the home explosion it doesn't sit well with him he's scared um he quick spins out of the parking lot at school and they start driving and Connor's like, I have a chemistry exam. Like, what are you doing? Right. He can't be 12. If he's taking a chemistry test, <laughs> let's, All let's right. bump that back up to 14. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and, and so like now we're getting a little bit more action, until he starts explaining to his son like hey son you know what i do right and then goes into the detail where we're like okay now i understand the last 30 minutes of what i just saw um we get to the the we get to see the the two hitmen jack and um patrick looking out the scopes at all of the cars coming by and typing in all of the license plates cuz they know who they're looking for. It's just a matter of time for him to drive by um, until that scene with you know that the the crash and the shootout um I wasn't fully sucked in and sold in sold on it mm-hmm. um until the action really was was there and then from there i I just thought it was like i said with with Finn little's performance. And um, all of the happenings of the movie, and I I particularly loved the the torch that um, the character Allison creates, the survivalist, okay. the wife. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, then I was all in, you know. It, it took until then for me to be like, yep, I'm here, I'm present, let's go. Um so how that, many
0: smoke jumpers are you gonna said, <laughs> rate that, yeah.
1: I'm gonna give that probably seven because once it got there it was good. Okay. It just took it took a little while. There was there was a lot of backstory to get through to sell
0: the plot. I feel like this movie um I think this movie would be a good movie if you're going to go see it in a theater. You need to go to a theater pub. But a theater pub where you can go and sit, have a glass of beer or a pint of beer, maybe a glass of wine, be able to relax. For those in the Pacific Northwest, McMinnomin Theater pubs are probably still a thing now that the pandemic is almost over for you guys. But that would be a good type of movie to be able to do that kind of hang out, chill out, or even like your AMC dining. in I later. was getting
1: ready to say, you're, you're selling yeah. AMC to me right now, which AMC right. girl through and through, send me gift cards. <laughs> All 300 listeners.
0: But yeah, um, overall, it, it was a solid film. Yeah. I, I think also, too, for our listeners here are some of the things that I'm looking at down the pike that Bree and I will probably be talking about relatively soon. And some of those, um, we like to mix it up. We like to talk some of the old and some of the new. And I know that not every movie is going to be, or every television show is going to be everyone's cup of tea. Hopefully we make it lighthearted enough where it's entertaining, um, even if you... Never wanted to see that film or, or movie, but some of the things that I want to touch base with soon, and I've seen some of them. Brie has not, but Raya and the Last Dragon, the Disney animated film that came out earlier this year, that was pretty much you were either going to do it on um, Disney Premiere uh, Access. Paying the extra thirty bucks, or you were maybe gonna catch it at a theater for a couple weeks once the theater started opening. But for sure it's gonna be available to everybody here in about a week on Disney Plus. I no joke have seen it probably about ninety times. I feel like it's about <laughs> a twenty cents of view now because of my toddler who absolutely loves this film. <laughs> um I just saw Cruella. I did the premiere access on Cruella. Gotta be honest. It was worth every penny. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna elaborate because I, I really want you to see it, Brie. So that we can talk it. Um, the soundtrack is really, really good. For those that love a lot of retro hits by original artists that did the performances, it's, it's a cool, um, It's a cool homage to the era of when Cruella's origin takes place. So that's another one. Um, We also have Loki that's about to drop on Disney Plus here soon. And that's going to be a six-episode event. I figure we'll end up at some point watching all six of the episodes and then maybe doing like a solid recap.
1: Yeah, I'm going to binge that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think it would be a good idea uh, for our listeners and they can feel free to contact us at info at B-E-K-R-P-N dot com if they have suggestions. But when we go and do an older film, uh, we will couple the episode with something newer, whether it's television or um, a movie, in order to try and give you more uh content than just you know one specific uh thing at that point i think our our podcast is evolving in such a manner that it's conducive (laughs) you know it seems so long ago that we did that first episode record having those two special guests for star wars no joke about three hours of content that we had to cut down into about an hour um we've got it pretty much down to where we need to on our uh, discussion and research. Um, Also, too, um, Quiet Place 2. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that one uh, exclusively in the theaters. Um, You're probably more off to hit the theaters right away just because, you know, I've got to worry about a toddler and whether or not I can... Get him to sit still still through things, but that's not a movie I would be bringing him to. Anyway. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, go ahead and have a seat there while I watch that's Halloween. Like my <laughs> mom
1: taking me to Jurassic Park when I was five. Oh, cool. you know, Dinosaurs. <laughs> I was watching uh, it through my fingers.
0: <laughs> but then, of course, uh, we've got Black Widow that's coming out here also uh, pretty quick. And then they dropped the trailer to tell us, hey, guess what, everybody? Just a few more weeks. Guess what else is coming out on Disney Premiere Access and the movie theater? Jungle Cruise with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt. Looks good. I want to see it.
1: And then um, we talked a little bit, too, about Panic and Billionaire Boys Club.
0: Yep, so we're going to uh also incorporate those. But in the meantime, you've been listening to the Red Carpet Cafe, and I am not Bree Prout, and you are not... Eric Root. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a great day, everybody, and we will give you some more content next week. And remember... Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind Podcast Network. For more information, you can visit us on the web at bkrpn.com. On the next episode of the Red Carpet Cafe... (laughs) Well, before we take our trip into the Oasis, that's right, we're going to be talking about Ready Player One. What do you got going for your concessions for your movie? What are you snacking on in the theater when you're watching this?
1: I'm just drinking Mountain Dew.
0: Mountain Dew, that's awesome. I've got some good old-fashioned water. It's healthy, made of H2O. At least that's what they claim.
1: (laughs) I've been doing so well at drinking water, and today I just really needed a Mountain Dew. So this is my second one.
0: (laughs) Well, but I'm not completely healthy, because I'm also having myself a chocolate chip brownie from Pizza Hut ask for it by name it is amazing if you've not had it let me just tell you it's basically what's probably going to be the murder weapon for me one day it is so good it would be either be that or crispy bacon if anybody would be like how do you die like well odds are probably on favor is crispy bacon but we happen to find a box of pizza hut chocolate chip brownie